Welcome inside the vault. This is a collection of previously unreleased lessons from eight-figure entrepreneurial mastermind R. John Robbins. And in case you didn't see the warning label, this content can be explicit and it is for serious entrepreneurs only. This week, we're going back to April of 2019 when Arjan gave a lesson he called Hell on Earth at one of his members-only live quarterly meetings. We took this out of the vault to share with you this week because it will help you to seriously evaluate your business and your life and to help you think about whether you're reaching for your true potential or settling for less because fear is holding you back. We're going to share part one of this lesson with you today. Next week, we'll share part two. Just so you're not confused, this recording begins as we join a group of about 500 entrepreneurs who have flown in from all over the country just as Arjan is beginning to read lyrics from a song called To Beat the Devil by Chris Christopherson. And then he gets into the lesson. Get out your notebook and get ready. There's a lot to unpack here. Let's go to the vault. Working with Arjan is like having a shortcut to future you. Every time I can have an opportunity to spend time with Arjan, I try to take it and be a sponge. I thought everyone was crazy. You know, they were running to the front of the stage to see this person. Arjun's wearing his crazy shirt. You know, he drinks tiger blood in the morning just for fun and he's like breathing down my throat. Sometimes it's terrifying to work with him. It's like he's looking into your soul, but it's, it's growth the whole way. And you can still hear me singing to the people who don't listen to the things that I am saying, praying someone's going to hear. And I guess I'll die explaining how the things that they complain about are the things they could be changing, hoping someone's going to care. I was born a lonely singer, and I'm bound to die the same. But I've got to feed the hunger in my soul. And if I never have a nickel, I won't ever die ashamed because I don't believe that no one wants to know. I used to be ashamed of what I had to say. And I used to be ashamed of what I believed. And I used to be ashamed of what I thought and I used to be ashamed of how I felt, and I used to hide my power from the world in the dark. And that is what the dark side means. The dark side is where you hide the greatest parts of yourself. And the greatest thing that's ever happened for my life is when I left hell. Hell on earth, as far as I'm concerned, is living in an environment of your own making that is filled with things that are only there because of fear. 
people in your life who you are surrounded by in your environment, who are only there because you fear removing them from your environment or removing yourself from them. Things in your environment that you have in your environment principally because you fear the consequences of removing those things from your environment. Things that you could so easily bring into your environment a better home, better clothing, better food, better services. But you fear bringing these better things into your environment because of fear. Fear of the consequences, fear of judgments of others, fear of criticism of others. Habits, routines, traditions, quote unquote rules that you destroy your own mind by convincing yourself that these rules are actually facts. When they're not facts, they're just rules. And you've got the keys to your own jail cell. You've got the path out of hell, but you don't take it because you're afraid of what other people will think of you. That used to be my life. I'm not going to say my life is heaven just yet, but I'm working on it. Heaven is when the only people in your life are people who inspire you. Most of you inspire me. And I say most of you because some of you I don't know you yet. You're brand new. But most of you are here because you inspire me. I have almost 50 people on my team, every one of whom inspires me in their own unique, amazing way. I live in a home that inspires me. I do not drive a car that inspires me. My car bores the shit out of me. It does. I do not have the car that I want to have because I fear the consequences of driving the car that I want to drive. Which is another way of saying, Allie said, fuck no. <laughs> so instead I drive a very safe, very boring car. But every time I get in that car, it's like a little piece of hell. Because <laughs> it's not the car I want to be driving. And there's nothing wrong with this car. It's a brand new, beautiful car. And you can still hear me singing to the people who don't listen, to the things that I am saying, praying someone's going to hear. Those of you who have been around for a while, you understand what I mean when I say this. Those of you who are new, you will learn to understand what I mean when I say this. And I hope that eventually, someday, it may inspire you to adopt a similar attitude. 
Um, I don't run this business to help you. I run this business because I've got to feed the hunger in my soul. I've got to share my message. I've got to try to get out of hell on earth and create heaven on earth for myself. It just so happens that you get to come along for the ride. It just so happens that to feed my soul, I have to help all of you build wildly successful law firms that give you the freedom to live an amazing life so that I can grind my axe with the establishment. It's a symbiotic relationship, but make no mistake about it, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me, unapologetically. And you can still hear me singing to the people who don't listen. And there's, sadly, tragically, pathetically, thousands and thousands and thousands of law firm owners out there who are living hell on earth every day. And you can still hear me singing to the people who don't listen to the things that I am saying, praying someone's going to hear. Well, I prayed someone was going to hear, and here you are. You're listening. And you're building better law firms, and you're building better lives, and you're helping your families, and you're helping your clients, and you're helping your staff, and you're helping set a better example for all the other lawyers out there who don't know that they can live a better life. And I guess I'll die explaining how the things that they complain about are the things they could be changing, hoping someone's going to care. I was born a lonely singer, and I'm bound to die the same. But I've got to feed the hunger in my soul. And if I never have a nickel, I won't ever die ashamed, because I don't believe that no one wants to know. I left hell when I stopped caring whether anyone was going to listen. I stopped, I left hell when I started doing what I needed to do to become the person I wanted to be, to become the person who could speak his mind and not fear the consequences. And if I never have a nickel, that's okay. Don't get me wrong, I like having my money. But even if it all went away, I would still be comfortable in my own skin. And that is a version of heaven on earth that I sincerely wish every one of you could experience. And you can too. I have uncovered the secret code by which I can pick up the thoughts of the devil. I have come to ask you, the devil, some very plain questions, and I demand you give me direct and truthful answers. Are you ready for the interview, Mr. Devil? I need a time clock. 
Yes, I am ready, but you must address me with more respect. During this interview, you will address me as your majesty. By what right do you demand such royal respect? You should know I control 98% of the people in your world. Do you not think that entitles me to rate as royalty? Do you have proof of your claim? Yes, plenty of it. Of what does your proof consist? Of many things. If you want answers, you will address me as your majesty. Some things you will understand, some things you will not. In order that you may get my viewpoint, I shall describe myself and correct the false notions people have of me and my place of abode. Of what does your proof consist? Of many things. If you want answers, you will address me as your majesty. I already read that part. Start by telling me where you live, then describe your physical appearance. My physical appearance? Well, my dear earthbound, I have no physical body. I would be handicapped by such an encumbrance as those which you earthbound creatures live. I consist merely of negative energy. And I live in the minds of people who fear me. I also occupy one half of every atom of physical matter and every unit of mental and physical energy. Perhaps you will better understand my nature if I tell you I am the negative portion of the atom. But you do control not the minds of 98 out of every 100 people. You said so yourself. Who causes all the misery in this 98% devil-controlled world if you do not? I have not said that I do not cause all the misery of the world. On the other hand, I boast of it. It is my business to represent the negative side of everything, including the thoughts of you earthbound people. How else could I control people? My opposition controls positive thought. I control negative thought. How do you gain control of the minds of people? Oh, that is easy. I merely move in and occupy the unused portion of the human brain. I sow the seeds of negative thought in the minds of people so I can occupy and control the space. You must have many tricks and devices by which you gain and hold control of the human mind. To be sure I do, I employ tricks and devices to control the human thought. My devices are clever ones too. One of my cleverest tricks for controlling the human mind is fear. I plant the seed of fear in the minds of people, and as these seeds germinate and grow, through use, I control the space they occupy. Plant the seed of fear in a human mind. As that seed of fear, as that seed of fear grows, it creates more space in the human mind for more fear to replicate. The six most effective fears are the fear of poverty, criticism, ill health, loss of love, old age, and death.
I live wherever I choose. Time and space do not exist for me. I am a force best described to you as energy. My favorite physical dwelling space, as I have told you, is in the minds of the earthbound. I control a part of the brain space of every human being. The amount of space I occupy in each individual's mind depends on how little and what sort of thinking that person does. As I have told you, I cannot entirely control any person who thinks. I add to my power by appropriating the mind power of earthbound as they come through the gate at the time of death. 98 out of every 100 come back to my plane from the earth plane, are taken over by me, and their mind power is added to my being. I get all who come over with any form of fear. You see, I am constantly at work preparing the minds of people before death so I can appropriate them, appropriate them when they come back to my plane. Now, I'm not making any religious commentary here. I'm not talking about life, what happens after death. I'm talking about life on earth, and life on earth that is driven by decisions based on fear is hell on earth as far as I am concerned. You can agree with me or you can disagree with me, but this is my point of view. I have countless ways of gaining control of human minds while they are still on the earth plane. My greatest weapon is poverty. I deliberately discourage people from accumulating material wealth because poverty discourages people from thinking. Poverty discourages people from thinking and makes them easy prey for me. My next best friend is ill health. An unhealthy body discourages thinking. Then I have countless thousands of workers on earth who aid me in gaining control of the human mind. I have these agents placed in every calling. They represent every race, creed, and every religion. People who judge you, people who criticize you, people who tell you, be careful without giving you any path forward. They drop seeds of fear into your mind without showing you a better way or showing you alternatives. Poverty is always my friend because it discourages independence of thought and encourages fear in the minds of men and women. Some wealthy men serve my cause while others do me great damage depending on how their wealth is used. I am proud of my record. Millions are now my victims, and the number is increasing daily. Soon I shall have most of the world indulging in the habit of not thinking. I have asked tens of thousands of some of the most highly educated human beings on the planet. What? do you want? It's a simple question. I think you'd mostly agree. What do you want? Right? How do you want to be living your life? What kind of house do you want to be living in? What kind of car do you want to be driving? What kind of domestic services would you like to employ? How would you like to be able to educate your children? How much free time would you like to have? What do you want to do with your life? 
and they don't think. They've been trained not to think. They don't have answers to the most basic fundamental questions of human existence. How do you want to live your life? Animals don't get to choose how they live their lives. When you don't think about how you want to live your life, you're existing on the plane of existence of an animal. And you're controlled by the devil, and you're probably living hell on earth. And that was part one of Hell on Earth. Tune in next week to hear part two of this talk from Arjun Roberts.